And hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. I am Britt. I'm Craig. And we are here today. I am Craig. Before we could even get into it, I am so excited. The football season is ever closer. Every time we sit down to do one of these things, I get more excited. We're talking about fantastic things. What is on the agenda today, Craig? Uh, well, today we're going to go over defenses. Defenses? Oh, yeah. We're going to go over tight ends. Okay, I can get behind tight ends. All and right. And we're going to go over kickers. Kickers? Oh, yeah. Kickers. We're, we're going to do an entire show around tight ends, kickers, and defenses? Yes. Oh. Yes. Yes, we are. It's a good thing you have beer on you. I do. And I am drinking a Honey Spot Road IPA by our friends at Two Roads. Sponsor us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was there yesterday, actually. A big shout out to my dear friend, Drew, who was moving to San Francisco. We were saying goodbye, and he was like, well, let's go to Two Roads one last time. And you have no argument here when that conversation happens. What are you drinking, Craig? Um, I'm drinking a beer you brought me. Um, This is called Fuzzy Baby Ducks. Yes, by New England Brewing Company. I'm going to open it right now. Maybe. Well, let's see. There it goes. There it is. There you go. This is a limited release that they do um, every spring. People literally line up at the brewery to get this beer. So, mm, ooh, ooh, that's nice. It is. That's nice. And, and that's the last can of it I have. Oh, so you're, you're too kind. Yeah. So now I've depressed you because we're talking about kickers and defenses at some point today, and I've brought you a single can of a beer that you actually like. So um, perfect. Well, anyway, so to uh, to task. So to be honest with everybody. I did a lot of research leading up to my tight end uh, segment here today. I looked at various uh, consensus lists. I looked at last year's numbers. I looked at projections for this year. I moved people around. I made my own projections. I looked strength of schedule. I looked available touches and then forgot all of it at work because I put it all together and didn't want to forget it at home. So Yay. I brought it to my office today and that is where it currently sits. So we're working off of Brit's memory today in terms of my preparation. So Craig, you're going to be the smart one today. Oh God, we're doomed. And and probably give a lot better information than I am. So um, let's jump into the tight end discussion because there is a lot to cover here today. Um, my tight ends, the list is the list is is fluctuating a lot. Um, I've seen people. I've seen in the top three or four range in ADPs from uh, first to seventh. In the position, um, it really kind of varies. Uh, in terms of overall ADP, I'm seeing a lot of tight ends go in the 80 to 100 block. So what is that, like 7th or 8th round, depending on the size of your league? About, so yeah. That's about where most of them go. Uh, the one that does tend to go early is the one that's been at the top of per- pretty much everybody's list for a couple of years now, and that's Rob Gronkowski in New England. Uh, let's start with you, Craig. Your thoughts on Rob Gronk? I'm never going to draft him. And why is that? I am not a fan of his. It's not a secret. I'm not a Patriot fan, but I'm not a fan of his. Is that because of the player or because of the team? Yes. Okay. I'm not a Rob Gronkowski fan either. Um, Oh, and we should talk as a quick aside. Don't let me forget before we end the podcast. I had a lot of feedback from Patriots fans about (laughs) our Tom Brady feelings. So after we're done with the tight ends and kickers and defense, we spend two minutes on that. I'm not a fan of Gronk because of the injury factor. Yes, I know in 2015 and 2014, he played 15 games. The year before that, he played like seven. Last year, he played six. It is not a matter of what will happen when Gronk gets hurt. It is a matter of what will they do when Gronk gets hurt. So you're drafting 
on number of games availability. And that's really where you have to look. I have him at 1A because I have at 1B my boy from the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey is the exact opposite of Gronk. He's going to see far fewer targets. He's going to rack up far fewer yards. But he's going to likely play more games than Rob Gronkowski. And then the end result, if that's what you're looking for is consistency, then that's what you get out of Kelsey. So I've seen some people have Kelsey at one instead of Gronk just because of the reliability. So if I had to, if I had to force feed you one of them, you mm-hmm. would take Kelsey over Gronk? Yes. Yes, I would. Definitely. And I know some people who feel that way. Here's the bottom line. If Rob Gronkowski plays 10 to 12 games this year, he's going to be the best tight end in the league. That's just it. He's going to be the best tight end in the league. The question is, is he going to pay, play 10 to 12 games? You've watched football. You know football. How many games has Ron Gronkowski played? Put an over-under on it right now. This coming year? Yes. Mm, as in start and finish the whole game? Ooh, that's a good question. It does tend to leave games <laughs> once in a while. Yeah. You know what? Let's say games started. Games in which he posts at least one fantasy point. Because there's very few games that he plays in entirety that he doesn't score. Uh, nine. Nine. See, I would actually come in under than that. I think it's going to be fewer than that, but we'll see. So there you go. So, you know, if you want reliable points and you have an early pick and you're looking at tight ends, you're probably looking at Kelsey. If you want the, the high risk, high reward early, you're looking at Rob Gronkowski. After that, it becomes a list of people who are either up and coming or old and declining. I have the up and coming people rated higher. Guys like Jordan Reed, Tyler Eifert, even Delaney Walker and Kyle Rudolph are higher on my list than folks like Greg Olson and Jimmy Graham. Um, I remember Jimmy playing. Graham was good. Yes. When in he New was Orleans. in New Orleans. <laughs> in New Orleans. Not that he's not good now, but he was one of their main targets. But that's the thing. He's not, his targets went up this year compared in his second year in Seattle compared to the first year yeah. and still is nowhere near. That was one of the things I wrote down, oh. by the way. I wrote down oh. everybody's targets like the last three years. <laughs> Britt did a lot of work this week. I, exactly. And I can't wait to go to my office tomorrow and just toss it into the shredder because I don't need it anymore. <laughs> but um, Graham is over 30. I want to say he's 32. Um, and he's hit that line where I'm just like, the decline is happening. Uh, I actually heard someone, I heard um, Jim Bowden say it on one of the radio shows. I know Jim Bowden from baseball was talking about football. And he was like, that you work? see, uh, it worked when you see a guy start to decline. And he was talking about somebody else. A name we'll get to in a minute. He was talking about somebody else. But he said, when you see someone start to decline, you know, it's a decline and you know, it's not injury. It's age and you don't recover from age. It's just not what you do. You don't. And he was talking about Jason Whitney and in that kind of sense. Uh, but I see it with Jimmy Graham. I absolutely see it with Greg Olson. Greg Olson has seen declining targets every year. Uh, for the last three years, and you have a pass-catching running back that you just drafted in McCaffrey. It, your choices are to dump off to Greg Olson or dump off to McCaffrey. I think you're probably going to look at McCaffrey until defenses try to key in on him, so I don't think Olson's going to have a really big year. Uh, I've seen him on list as high as two. Um, consensus lists have him around four. I do not have Olson that high. So I'm just looking at a consensus list from Fantasy Pros. Again, Fantastic information that they have there, um, and it's free. You just have to log into their site and look at it. They've got Gronk, Kelsey, Jordan Reed, who they're expecting to have, a lot of people are expecting to have a really big year. 
and then Greg Olson at four, um, followed by Jimmy Graham at five, Tyler Eifert at six. Wow, Delaney, really? Yeah, Delaney Walker at seven, and Kyle Rudolph at eight. So there's eight names, Craig. Which one off this list do you really like in that top eight list? Top eight. Pick yes. one, right? Well, yes. And if you pick All Tyler right. Eifert, it's going to be obvious. Um, I'm going to assume in my if I'm drafting right now yes. that the first two are gone. Well, let's let's put it so, this way. So, strategy wise, mm-hmm. how early is too early to pick up a tight end? See, before in the days when it was Antonio Gates, he would go like he was gone by like the fourth round. Or, but I mean, there's always league. there's always that one guy. There's always that one guy, so that's going to be and Gronk. It's Gronk, right? It's Gronk as long as he's healthy. You know, and that's the thing. He's coming into this season supposedly healthy. I, I you know, it would either be Jordan or Travis, right? So, Travis, would, but Travis, you're probably gonna have to go up. I don't know what it, I can look up his overall ADP. I think his overall ADP is in the 60s or 70s. So you're looking at sixth or seventh round. That's pretty early to get a tight end. You know, that's true. That's true. You know, so what would you do? Would you do Travis Kelsey in like the uh, sixth or seventh round? Or would you rather wait until the ninth or 10th and get a Kyle Rudolph or Delaney Walker? Um, what if I go in the ninth round and get Reed? I don't ninth. I don't know that ninth round Reed's going to be sitting there. Hmm. Washington's going to funnel a lot of their offense. Well, here's the here's the down part on Reed. They've got that receiving core, right? They've got Deshaun Jackson. Mm-hmm. They brought in Terrell Pryor. Um, trying to think of who else off the top of my head. Again, I wrote all this down, and now it's gone. He did. Um, Crowder. Well, you know where it is. It's I know where gone. it is. I just can't look at it. <laughs> but when I pulled up, I was like, current list of the Washington Redskins depth chart. I was like, wow, they have a lot of mouths to feed here. You know, which actually makes me want to bump Kirk Cousins up my list a little bit, um, particularly with the news he's probably playing this season under a franchise tag. So, is it Kurt or Kirk? Kirk. Did I say Kurt? No, I think someone referring to him in the news called him Kirk. Yes, they did. His own GM. Oh, that's who it was. Yes. Mm, nice. Yes, I saw nice. that news article as well. So, no, it is Kirk Cousins. So, um, so my personal list: I've got Gronk and Kelsey at one A and one B. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got Jordan Reed at three, but I've got Tyler Eifert at four. And here's the issue with Tyler Eifert. Injuries. Injury. Constantly. Yes. Constantly. And he played with a bad ankle all year, and you saw it in his and numbers, that, and then finally he, he missed three of the last four games. Yep. Yep. And that was that was it. He needs to stay healthy, um, and he needs to get healthy. I mean, there's also there's back injury concerns with Travis Kelsey, um, age concerns with Jimmy Graham. I do like Delaney Walker a lot this year. If we're talking about the top eight and I got to pick one of them, it's probably Delaney Walker. Really like him a great deal. Um, Number nine is Martellus Bennett. He's going to Green Bay. I don't like receivers who change locations in their first year, but I also didn't like that he went to New England last year and he was good when Gronk was hurt. So I don't know. It'll be one of those things. If he's sitting around later in in the draft, I may go for him. Um, and then Rob, rounding out my top 10, I have got um, Zach Ertz. And the only reason I have Ertz over Hunter Henry, who is my 11, is because Antonio Gates still plays football. He does. Which I had shocking, him last year. <laughs> is shocking to me. But if he can, if he, he's going to cut into Henry's touches. If he retires or he gets hurt, then Hunter Henry probably passes Zach Ertz in my list. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that's my, that's my top 10. Tyler Eifert, if he is healthy, is probably going to be a steal in like the ninth or tenth round, uh, I think. 
Yeah, it's just the injury. It's kind of like it's a lower level version of Gronk. Like yes, that's exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's all in terms of health concerns. Yes, there's a couple guys who are really consistent and a couple guys who aren't. So, um, so let's let's so let's talk a little bit about the the sleeper aspect. I don't want to spend too much time on tight ends, to be honest with you. Um, who do you have, like say outside the ten names I just listed? Mm-hmm. So after mm-hmm. the top ten, from Hunter Henry down on the um, consensus list, yep. who's the one guy you're saying? Well, if he's there in the fifteenth round, and I haven't gotten my tight end, or I need a second tight end, mm-hmm. who am I looking at? What's the one guy that kind of intrigues you? Uh, me personally, it's probably going to be, um, probably Jared Cook. Why? Um, I think he's going to be, I just think Oakland is going to be one of those teams that has a good year this year, as long as Carr is what he was before he got hurt. This is his first year out there, is it not? Is it? No, he was, wasn't he there last year? I thought he was in Minnesota. Go into the stats. Again, if you brought your preparation, Britt, this would be easy. <laughs> yes, he was in Green Bay last year. He played mm-hmm. 10 games for Green Bay, a respectable 30 receptions on 51 targets for 377 yards. That's an average of 12.6 and one big touchdown. So this is his third stop nope. in three years. Third stop in three years? Yeah, because he was at St. Louis the year before that. Do tight ends have the same three-year princess season as receivers i have no idea we'll find out i've never paid that much attention to them honestly the research that i forgot on my desk is the most research i've ever done on tight ends in my entire life <laughs> i it's one it's much like the next two positions we're going to discuss it's much more one of those things that i just you know look and see oh that guy's available great you know um my sleeper slash breakout this year i've got two of them i'm keeping an eye on cameron Brait. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think he could have a really nice season if he uh, can stay healthy and if uh, Tampa actually utilizes him. Uh, but I'm also keeping an eye on Austin Hooper out of Atlanta because I think I, I know there's a lot of talk about regression in the Atlanta offense this year. I have a feeling that if they do regress, they're going to look to use their tight ends a little bit more, but that's just a gut feeling. I have nothing to base that on other than my gut feeling. So... That's where I am with that. Let's move on and discuss defensive special teams. Now, do a lot of leagues, I know ours is a little weird. Do a lot of leagues do, um, oh, it's really weird. Uh, do special teams touchdowns um, for defenses? Yes. Uh, I've seen it more and more. Mm. They just kind of keep it with the defensive team it's not something they they track separately it's a separate stat but i've seen a lot of leagues now lately this is like the new thing is that special team touchdowns are separate from your defensive team altogether so if you have tyree kill and tyree kill is running back punts then in depending on your scoring system kansas city's defense wouldn't get a punt return touchdown tyree kill would and they've done that to try and increase the value of like third and fourth string wide receivers who don't see a lot of time on the field uh, in that case. Our league merges them. If you draft a defense, you have their special teams. Right. I mean, that's that's right. just the way we do it. And I actually like that system a lot better. But I have seen leagues now and more and more frequently where a wide receiver will be able to get special team touchdowns if they're returning kicks. And it's usually a wide receiver that does it. I mean, it's it's not you don't put running backs out there very frequently to return kickoffs. So 
There's that. Defensive-wise, I have seen every ranking conceivable. I've seen mainly four teams at the top. Denver, yep. Houston, yep. Seattle, mm-hmm. and Kansas City. Really? Pick your order. Actually, I've seen Kansas City at the top of more lists than not. Um, huh. But I've also seen them as, as low as eight. Defensive is is a very kind of hit or miss situation, and that's why a lot of people like to stream defenses. Uh, the average ADP of the defenses I'm seeing right now are in the hundreds, the 100 to 110. So what so, round is that? Well, in a 10-team league, you're talking 11th round. Yeah, that's about where they start in our league. Right. That's a, you know, Maybe that 10. Like, if I have the double in the 10, I'd probably take a defense. Well, in the, in the 10, don't forget, we have one keeper. So if you have the double, like you're talking like nine into 10. So if you have the double nine into 10, then you've probably got your starting quarterback, both your running backs, both your wideouts, your tight end, your flex. That's seven right there. A backup at wide receiver and quarterback is nine. So you're, I'm sorry, wide receiver and running back. You, you have that already. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. But I, the consensus, there is no consensus this year. There is no one team. Everybody's saying, "Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a defense and you got the whole league to look at, pick this guy." There's a number of different teams. I mean, I've even seen one listing where Arizona was number one. I have them at two. You have them at two. So who do you have? I'm sorry, three, three. So who do you have at one? One, uh, Denver. Why? Um, Why? Because well, Von Miller's still there. Um, They picked up Danny um, Trevathan. I'm horrible at pronouncing people's names. Yes. Um, he's a linebacker. Um, oh no, wait, they lost him. That's my bad. So anyway, but the thing is, the thing is with Denver, and this mm-hmm. goes for the running back too, right? In general, when people play Denver at home, which is you know half their season, people play Denver at home. The air in Denver is very thin. After the probably the beginning of the third quarter, say middle of the third quarter, the other team. You can tell get tired. Oh my goodness, yeah. The oxygen masks start falling from the ceiling. They get tired. So that is a huge advantage in Denver's and as Denver as a whole team, especially their defense. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see that. Um, and we've seen some people, there are certain medical conditions where people are, you know, suggested not to travel to Denver, mm-hmm. you know, because of the air density. So I can see that. Um I don't, I don't judge and research defenses a ton. I put all my effort into tight ends, apparently. <laughs> so I don't really know where I would put this. But I, I, I'm at a point right now where I, last year, in the last couple of years, I streamed my defenses. I started out with a strong one. I did not keep a backup. We reduced our um, roster capacity to five backups. There's no way in a league, like in any league, you can keep a defense with five um with only five roster spots. So what I did was I picked the team with the latest buy of the top ones available. So in this case, that's going to be Kansas City this year. Their bye week is week 10. So you get nine weeks of a consistent defense before you would have to change over. That's probably what I'll look to do again this year, even beyond the fact that I love the Kansas City Chiefs. That would probably be what I try to do. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about when I use the word term, the term streaming, streaming is a method of... Uh, fantasy football roster management where you literally fish in the stream every week for someone to start. So 
instead of saying, well, I'm going to draft the Chiefs and I'll keep the Chiefs until week 10 and then pick up somebody and lose the roster spot for one week and put the Chiefs back in, you have that one roster spot in your starting lineup that is exclusively reserved for that team. So I would drop the Kansas City Chiefs and pick up, I don't know, I'm just going to toss out a name, the LA Rams. That's so weird. I know. Next week, I would drop the LA Rams, and if the Chiefs were gone off of the waiver wire, I would pick up Baltimore. If Baltimore was next week, I would drop Baltimore. Next week, I would pick up the New York Giants. You go with kind of a hot hand kind of mentality, and they call it streaming because you're literally going to the stream every week to find a new fresh fish to put into your lineup. I don't oppose streaming. Um, There was one year where I literally, until somebody got ahead of me, started whoever was playing against the Cleveland Browns every week. That worked for a little bit. Uh, but you know, if you're looking for something a little bit more stable, then you really need to pay attention to the off weeks. The only off weeks that align in like the top six or seven on my consensus list are Minnesota and New England. They both have week nine off. So that would be a week that I would um, kind of back off a little bit. The nice thing about the, the nice thing about not streaming is you can really catch somebody unaware. So Denver is on number one on Craigslist. They're off week five. So if I'm sitting around on week five, with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I have an injury, so I have to drop somebody, but I don't have an immediate need on my roster. I can screw Craig over. I can wait for Craig to drop Denver. It's happened Denver. before. It has happened before. I wait for Craig to drop Denver because he needs to bring in a backup defense off the waiver wire. I pick up Denver, chuck him on my bench, start my regular team, and then release them the next week and put Denver in the rest of the season. It does happen, particularly in larger leagues, particularly in leagues with a lot of depth or a lot of roster spots. It can happen. So, um, you know, again, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on defenses. The one D, there's a couple of defenses I absolutely will not touch. The 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers are number 32 on my list. I think that's everyone's list. Number 32. And, that, and, and now that you know the Niners are in the last spot, there should be no shock who is in the 31st spot. Who is it? Really? You can't just think of it off the top of your head. Uh, is it the Browns? It is the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Those are the only two teams that are completely untouchable. Going up from them, I won't touch the Saints. I won't touch the Bears. I cannot name what a about single the Jets? Bears defender. What about the Jets? The Jets are number 23 on my list. There's a bunch of teams I won't touch before them. But let's put it this way. If you're below the Atlanta Falcons at 21, you are unusable. Unless you're in a 30-team league, you, Which, you can't I mean, use them. I guess that. Somebody, oh, has to, somebody has to be. Oh, they exist. There are leagues where I've seen people say, you know what? I'm in like a 20-team league, like like super leagues. I'd rather take a zero with a bi-week team than go out and try to pick up somebody off of waivers. It's happened. So my suggestion to you is wait until about the 12th or 13th round. Try to get in on Denver, Houston, Seattle, or Kansas City. If you can't, the Pats are always good. And Carolina. the rest is everything in the middle. Yeah, Carolina. Find some, <laughs> so say find someone with a good special team. Yeah, good special teams. Carolina comes to mind. Arizona comes to mind. Um, and go there and just avoid teams that give up a lot of points and don't seem to have any way to stop teams from advancing. You know, it, go with the hot hand if you have to. That's the way I mean. But preseason, there's no reason why you should have to before the 12th or 13th round of your draft be looking for a defense. So we're going to move on from defenses. I think we spent way too much time on defenses as it is. Did. Next so now is we're going to spend kickers. even less time on kickers. Do, 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 do. There are certainly 32 kickers in the yep. NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's all there are. So here's here's a question. Do you yeah. what do you what's your main staff for kickers? Field goals, 
Oh, field goal percentage. Percentage? Yes. I do, I, the league that we're in penalizes you for misses. They do. It all depends on your scoring system, but if your scoring system penalizes you for misses, then that now that's what that's what you want to avoid. Unless you've got a guy who can kick 60 yarders all the time, in which case, by all means, and you get a bonus for that. I think we get a bonus two points every time they go over 50 yards. Yes. So if I've got a guy who makes six out of seven 50 yards attempts every year, I'll go for that guy. But I won't go for anybody who's going to have a, a high miss rate. Um, um, I'm going to be honest yes, with please. kickers. Yes. Um, a lot of times with kickers, unless there's one person I really want, I usually draft kickers by their name. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, my number one pick for kicker this year based solely on his wait, name. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me guess. You ready? I'm going to go with Chandler Canizaro. No. Okay, that was a good guess. Go for it. Caleb Sturgis. Sturgis. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so That's the my guys, kicker name of the year. The guys who know us personally know that when Craig and I play each other in our house league, we call that the Sturgis Bowl. We actually have a trophy called the Sturgis Cup that passes back and forth between it's us. It's actually behind us right it's now. It's behind us right now because Craig has beaten me the last two years in a row, um, sadly. And there was a year where it came down like a tiebreaker, too, because we had to play each other twice in that particular year. I look for consistency. I also look for teams that score a lot of points. Um, that's why New England routinely, Goskowski's up there. His accuracy's high, and they score a lot. Dan Bailey from Dallas is my number so three. you're looking more at PATs or field goals? Doesn't matter. If a team's putting 31 points on the board, my kicker's getting something. That's a valid point. Valid point. That's the way I look at it. Unless it's one of those coaches that loves two-point conversions, <laughs> New Orleans, I look at just total point scored. Accuracy, total point scored, and length, length of kick. The number one person consensus-wise, and this shocks me, is Justin Tucker in Baltimore. Yep. Baltimore doesn't score a ton of points. They don't. They score a lot of field goals. That's got to be it. They get to like the 2018, and then that that's it. And that's got to be it. So teams that score a lot of points, consistency, accuracy, and I absolutely never, well, only when Jason Elam was playing, I would oh, yes, the kicker yes. early because, you know, yeah. you know, and that was hard for me as a Chiefs fan drafting a Bronco, but it was different. Um, now it's very purely who's on the board, who scores a lot of points. And let's be honest, if they stink, there's 20 other guys in the waiver wire because nobody ever carries a backup kicker. No, no. It just doesn't happen. You know, if I draft Will Lutz, I, I can drop him if I don't like the guy, you know, if I want somebody different later on. So I don't really worry too much about kicker. Get Go online. Here's what I tell you to do. Go online to fantasypros.com. Register for their site for free. About two days before your draft, go in and search their average draft position, ADPs, and sort it by kicker. Print out that list in order and when you need a kicker take whichever name is on the top of that list that's all you got to do because it it really can be that simple you can even apply that to defenses if you want but you know i'm not going to worry too much about kicker it's just not i mean craig's right there's a lot of great names though graham gano is still playing yep um cairo santos is still out there What's his name in um, Oakland? Sebastian Janikowski. There you go. Who was down for a couple of years and is back up to number eight on the consensus list. You know, how old is Sebastian Janikowski? I don't know. Ask the internet. <laughs> I mean, he. I feel like he's been kicking forever. And that's another he thing. He has it's, been. Kickers, he's 39. Kickers last a long time. He's 39. And, and you know, the thing with kickers is they can 
last a long time. Um, draw, drawing a blank on the name of the guy from New Orleans who, before we had that kicking spree with Jason Elam and everybody, was the uh, held the record for the longest field goal. But I mean, he he kicked that field goal. I think he was like forty or forty one years old. So there's that. Um, so that's it. That's our kicker preview. Enjoy. I hope you enjoy that. Um, Somebody, I'm sure someone did. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to my Brady conversation. So I ask every time at the end of this show for (laughs) feedback and I got some. Oh, we also got a fan mail. Yeah, we're going to go over that. That's next. That's after Brady. We're definitely going to talk about our fan mail. Um, Well, it's not so much fan mail, but it's a question. But still, it still counts. The guy said he listens to the podcast. I guess that technically makes him a fan, right? Yeah, really. I mean, I wouldn't download something I'm not going to listen to. Right. Well, my mother did. I mean, I kind of kind of stole oh. her phone and programmed it to automatically download the well, podcast. Well, we won't tell people that. I mean, she I don't even think she knows where the podcast app is on her phone, but <laughs> and I hope she has to set the Wi-Fi only so I'm not killing her data. Anyway, um so we had the whole conversation about Brady and Brady is yep. not the goat and all that fun stuff. And one of the things I said was what are they going to do if Brady goes down? Is this season shot? If something happens to Brady, he's older, he's more, possibly more injury prone. Yep. What are we going to do? He can't wear his magic pajamas all day. Correct. He cannot play in his magic pajamas. And the response I got from a, a very well-known um, New England Patriot fan and our, our group of uh, friends, Mark, thank you, Mark, for come, reaching out to me, was that he's fine with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's not worried. He would. Not, he didn't necessarily go so far as to say in fantasy football he'd want to take that step. But he did say, I think that if Garoppolo has to step in, they're going to be okay. So I reached out. We, you know, we live in this area. We're in New England. This podcast comes to you live on recording from Connecticut. Um, we are we are literally in that weird yeah. hodgepodge zone between New York and Boston. Yeah, yeah, but we're more people around here. I feel are more New York because we're a little closer. Yeah, but if you literally, so drive, you get up to like the capital, then there's like that line. Well, then it's then it's clear cut. Yeah, we're in like the the, the the militarized zone. We're in the neutral zone here. True. Pull the Star true. Trek reference out. Um, you know where it's not surprising to see a guy walking around in a Beckham jersey or a Brady jersey at the same time or in the same bar. You know, the same guy. The same guy. Yeah. Why wow. not? I don't know. Why not? <laughs> Brady Quinn's girlfriend wore that composite jersey that one year that her brother played against him. Um, AJ Hawk. You're looking at me like you have no idea about the story. No. Okay. Really quick. The year that Notre Dame had to play, I want to say AJ Hawk went to Ohio State. Okay. The year they had to play each other in a bowl game, Brady Quinn's sister was dating AJ Hawk. So the family's like, well, are you going to show up in the Notre Dame jersey and support your brother? Or are you going to show up in the Ohio State jersey and support your boyfriend? And Nike came to the rescue and sewed two halves of each of their jersey together. And she oh, wore a right. composite jersey that right, was that's half cool. Notre Dame. And half Whatever. Ohio State, which was fantastic until AJ Hawk absolutely laid Brady Quinn out in like the second quarter. And the cameras immediately went to her. And the look <laughs> on her face was just abject terror. She did not know how to react. Whatever happened to Brady Quinn? Um, I think he's still the third string on the Chiefs, actually. Really? I think he's I'm still gonna look that. While you're do while in. you're doing your your yeah. Brady story, I'll look that up. Okay, so so, so I, I contacted my brother is a big Patriot fan, our friend Keith, our friend John Cinch. Um, and Keith is Keith who desperately wants to join us on the podcast at some point, by the way. I, he and I have chatted a great deal about it. And every one of them was like, losing Brady would cost us one, maybe two wins. So if you're telling me I'm going to get 12 wins, 
and Brady goes down in game one, I'm still confident in getting 10. I'm still confident we're probably going to win the division because the Dolphins are okay. The Jets are terrible. I don't know what to make of Buffalo. You know, they're still not worried about their division. So I got to kind of walk that back. If if the Patriot fans say we can ride with Jimmy Garoppolo, I hope to God they don't have to, but they may have to. And if they do, they're confident. They're not really that worried. They're very confident that their system can hold up. Um, the other thing, the other conversation I had was I had a prolonged conversation about the whole goat thing. The goat thing bothers me. I don't like when people just assume someone is the greatest of all time or you parade your person around as the greatest of all time. For some reason, I blame EA for that because they put them on the cover of the game with the goat edition. Yes. I mean, that's really why this became, you know, it was always a conversation of is Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But as soon as EA put Madden out, Madden goat edition out and put him on the cover of it, it became a a, thing, a thing, you know, um, and I, I did. I get one Patriot fan to admit to me. If you're telling me, if you're asking me, is he the greatest quarterback of all time? I'll argue with you. If you're asking me, is he the greatest football player of all time? I can. And I said this on the podcast. I can name ten people off the top of my head. And he immediately came up with three. He came up with Jerry Rice, Emmett Smith, and Lawrence Taylor. He says we're guys who were just better football players than Tom Brady. I mean, Lawrence, and Jim Brown. He wouldn't go that far. I put Jim Brown on the table, and I would put Jim Brown on the table. I mean, part of the problem is how do you compare different eras? Uh, ESPN True, the tried game, to do this. The game is different. Exactly. And that, that ESPN article that one of them shared shared to us, this has been such a hot topic that one of them sent us an article this week about how Brady is kind of in that goat status on more yeah, people's well, that was my not. um that was my issue with the article article because yeah. it said, you know, goat greatest of all time. And then the subtitle was in the modern era era. Because the rules you can't but you can't be both. Like you can't be the greatest of all time and then just be in a subcategory. I'm going to say that this is the greatest podcast we've ever recorded on a Thursday night in your house. Yes. And there you go. I think Done. That, I think that that is beyond discussion. It is the greatest podcast ever recorded in Craig's house on a Thursday night while drinking um, fuzzy baby ducks. Thank the you. Beer, not the actual the ducks. beer. Right. Do you like that guy? That was it's, good. it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. Now. The can, the can, just so you know, it's, it's a unicorn. Um, and there's ducks on it. Yes, the unicorn is doing something foul. Yes, let's just leave. The it ducks there. are happy though. The ducks are extremely pleased because it, it involves rainbows. So. Yes. So anyway, um, so I, I'm sad because, to the best of my knowledge, that's done. I don't think you can get that one anymore. Oh. So, but now it gives us an excuse to go up to the brewery because literally people stand outside and buy legal maximums of this on release day, hmm. and that's how I got it. Is my friend Drew, who's moving, said you need to try this beer. And uh, we and we had a couple of them. This was um, didn't we try this when we were at that um, beer tasting in Stratford? Maybe that was the one that ran out from New England. Yeah, I don't remember if I was. I tried it. I think you missed out on it. You were drinking I something did. else, and I was sitting there going, "I'll take a sample of New Fuzzy Baby Ducks. I'll take another." <laughs> and yeah, by the time I got to it, it was gone. Run it straight to my veins. Uh, yes, but it was. It was the only beer they ran out of that day. Yep. Every other br- New England was like, "Oh, we've got six other beers to share with you." No, no, no. I want fuzzy baby. Ducks. Okay, well, that's gone. So, thank you for your support. Um, get out here. But yeah, there's your there's your Brady. Yeah. Thing, so there's so. there's our thing. So thank you to Mark and thank you to our Patriot fans for uh, getting in touch with us about that and uh, for that feedback. Um, now, Craig did say we got an email from um, uh, a friend, uh, the show. 
um, AJ, which is funny because my brother's nickname is AJ. This yeah, that's why I was my brother. That's why I was confused. Yes, <laughs> unless my brother started a fake account and didn't think to try different initials. So AJ wrote to us and said, guys, what are your thoughts on this? I'm in a keeper PPR league with up to three keepers, which eliminates many of the top names. My keepers are Tom Brady, Jordan Howard, and Tyreek Hill. I should let you know he also indicated rounds. There's rounds. So Tyreek Hill isn't being kept just because Tyreek Hill is actually a bargain for him. He's picking five overall. Who of these should I pick? And he gave us T.Y. Hilton, Michael Thomas, Doug Baldwin, Todd Gurley, and DeMarco Murray. He said, thank you and enjoying the podcast. Thank you, AJ, for listening. We hope you continue to enjoy it. Um, we did respond to him personally, but I would like to hear Craig's thoughts on the air. What do you think about his list? So Hilton, Thomas, Baldwin, Gurley, or Murray, and he's got mm-hmm. a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver in the pen. Um, I would agree with you, and I I think I would go either Hilton or Thomas, depending who's there. I'd probably put um, Hilton above Thomas, but... Me personally, because of my history of Baldwin, I would stay away from him unless I had to draft him. Yeah, we, we, and, we covered uh, that in episode four. We yeah, don't have to go over the yeah. and Murray, um, he he is a running back that catches, though he is also injury prone. Yeah, so I mean, in a PPR, you're kind of tempted to go the DeMarco Murray thing. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how old DeMarco Murray is, but I think he's been around for a little bit. I'm pulling that up right now. I went with Michael Thomas, and I'll tell you why. Because in a league where you can keep people from one year to the next, he might be the only guy who's worthy of a fifth round pick come this time next year. With Brandon Cooks gone, Thomas might be the guy to go to. DeMarco Murray is 29, by the way. So from a keeper perspective, you're probably not going to keep DeMarco Murray next year. And not at a one pick, not at the cost of a one. There is an outside chance that going into next year, Michael Thomas might be the best wide receiver on the board, depending on what happens in New Orleans he might be worthy of that one pick. Um, I don't see that with any of these other guys. T.Y. is not going to be worthy of a one pick. Baldwin, Gurley, and Murray all have question marks about them. So, you know, I guess um, I would go with Thomas personally, but I would my list, I, when I wrote back to him, I said, if I have to rank these guys in your certain situation, it would be Thomas, Hilton, Gurley, then Murray, and then Baldwin last. And that's just because I share... Craig's dislike of Doug Baldwin's playing style. I also, I don't know if anyone heard this in the second podcast, but I don't particularly care for Russell Wilson. I'm sure he's a wonderful person, but I don't like his play style. Um, so there's all that. So thank you again, AJ. And if you would like to reach out to us, if you would like us to answer a question or you would like to give us some feedback, you can always email us at fignutsdfs at gmail.com. That's F-I-G-N-U-T-S-D-F-S at gmail.com. Or look us up on Twitter. We're under FignutsDFS on Twitter. And we have a Facebook page uh, under Football Fignuts. I think our handle's FignutsDFS there. I think well. so. And also the contact page on the website. That's correct. You can do all of this through our website, which is FignutsDFS.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw, I saw really quick, I was looking for the site. And I just wanted to see what our web presence was like already. We're like less than a month into this. Yep. So I go to Google and I run FignutsDFS through Google. Yep. And the actual webpage is like fifth on the list mm-hmm. behind the Facebook and the Twitter. Mm-hmm. But the second one is an ad tracking website that tells me our website is worth approximately $8.95. <laughs> Perfect. And with the right ads could generate up to 15 cents a day. 
That hey, that adds up. Fifteen cents a day, Craig. That's like the um trick question in grammar school. Like, would you rather have one penny, however that goes, like one cent every day of the month, kind of thing, or like a dollar at the end of it? Yeah, or, or like whatever a, a it dime? is. Yeah, you know. That was like the old joke my father used to tell me. My father got angry with me because I traded a quarter for two dimes. But I said, but I got two coins instead of one. And no. anyway, bad joke. So moving on. Um, like a little bit of news and notes kind of stuff just to wrap up. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, we talked about it during the running back thing. We continue to monitor his situation. Yes, the police have stopped investigating him. But it is to the point now where the body of evidence in case after case after case is really making me think that we're looking at two to four games um, to come down from the commissioner's office. And I say that entirely possible to come down as I'm, I'm speaking this, but um, yeah, the, the police ended their investigation, but the NFL can do whatever they want yeah, outside a, of the police investigation. Yeah. It's amazing when you have one of these altercations and then there's no victim to file a report and all the people on site say they didn't see anything. It's kind of, Kind yeah. of hard to hold a police investigation where you yeah. have that, you know, I'm sure, you know, individuals were making sure that that happened um, or or maybe nothing happened. I mean, that's not my know. but let's I mean, let's run down the laundry list. There were issues at Ohio State. Yep. There was the um, issue with domestic violence. There was the issue at the parade where he exposed a woman. Then he has this issue in a bar and then word surfaces that he may have been given a speeding citation for doing 100 miles an hour in a 70 zone just two days prior to the bar incident. At what point does the NFL sit this guy down and say, you have to be better than this? And who does it first, the NFL or Jerry Jones? Um, probably Jerry Jones, because he's the one writing his check. And he kind of did this with Des Bryant. Remember when Des Bryant was very vocal and very much about talking about the stuff that he liked and didn't like, and he was going to parties late at night, and the Cowboys kind of said, listen, man, you can't do that. We we want you here, but you can't do this kind of stuff. You know, you, you're, what is he, 23? How old is yeah, he? Yeah, he's, I don't know, to the internet. <laughs> the internet. Zeke is young, you and your window is short in the NFL, you know, Running backs in particular don't last more than seven or eight years, depending on when they're drafted and when they get their opportunity. Um, very few running backs actually play after the age 30, unless your name is, you know, Marcus Allen. So, um, you know, you, you, you have plenty of time to, to go out and party and enjoy your fame and wealth later. Why does it keep opening David Johnson? I, I don't know. Ezekiel Elliott? That's a tablet, man. Surface tablet. I don't go. know what He's it's 22. doing. Yeah. He's 22. He's got like eight or nine good seasons left in him if he can walk this straight and narrow. And then when you're 31, 32 years old, if you want to hang him up, you know, you can do card shows the rest of your life and still make a ton of money and be all set. That's when you go party. Yeah. You know? Oh, and just so you know, um, Brady Quinn. Yes. <clears throat> I blame the Browns for, and you know, I blame his, the Browns for a his lot career. But he went from the Browns. He was there in 2009. Right. He was with the Broncos for a year. From okay. 10 to 2011. He's with the Chiefs in 2012. He was on the practice squad for the Seahawks in 2013. Then in 2013, he was on the Jets. Oh, he was also on the Rams. Oh my God, and then in 2014, he was on the practice squad, possibly, or like off-season contract, and then he retired. Okay, so Brady, I'm sure he's doing something. He, he's got to be doing like college broadcasting or something at this point. I mean, he was a smart dude. You know, it you didn't make it at the NFL level does not mean that's your fault. I mean, there's a lot of guys who are really good college quarterbacks who don't make it at the NFL level, and they all seem to end up in broadcasting. 
Like, what's his yep. name at ESPN? Oh, God. Why am I drawing a blank on this guy's name? I, I just don't know. It. Was the guy at Florida State? I got nothing. Danny Cannell. There you go. That's who I'm thinking of. Danny Cannell. Sorry about that. It took me a minute. Danny Cannell has had a fantastic broadcasting career. Started one season for the Giants. Maybe. So, anyway, what are we forgetting, Chris? Yeah. What haven't we Any... touched base on? I don't know. Any Anything else? Anything you wanted to to correct oh, there's or... a lot of stuff i mean we, well, we have a whole list of corrections i know i made several errors but guess where that list is in my office so um we'll probably save that so let's talk about what's going to happen next okay. so this is episode five we're going to go to a weekly basis at the end of july beginning of august um we will be recording on wednesdays pushing out on thursdays our next um podcast is going to be an introduction to dfs i had a couple people approach me and say i've never done daily fantasy football before i'd like to learn how to do it so we're going to be doing an entire uh, podcast on what is DFS and what does it mean. Um, you know, yep. we do need to talk about the DraftKings FanDuel thing at some point. We do. I mean, we can mention it really quick right now. Okay, so we'll get there. But So episode six will be out. And then after, as soon as the season begins, you're going to start hearing from us every uh, Thursday or Friday. Just to give a heads up, I think I said this in the opening podcast, we are not going to really push out a show on Wednesdays just to include those Thursday night games. I don't like using the Thursday night games, so we'll probably do an eye on next Thursday every week. So we'll talk about week two Thursday in our week one podcast, but we're not going to you know, rush everything that goes into it. I do a lot of work with doing my projections on a weekly basis for DFS, a lot more than this, and I usually don't leave it in the office. And uh, I, I don't want to rush it and put out a bad project product for people. So um, just really quick, uh, for those of you who did not hear, or I'm sure most people have, uh, DraftKings and FanDuel um, have officially ended their desire for a merger. I think it happened about a week ago. They came out and said uh, they're not going to do it. Um, I listened to a uh, fantastic radio piece by the guy who founded DraftKings and said, you know, when we announced it, it made a lot of sense. Uh, right now, with the government regulations and the concerns that the government has in terms of this merger, it does not make sense to fight it in the courts. It makes a lot more sense to continue on as two companies. And that's where we're at. So instead of having one kind of unified mega platform for DFS, we will have two. And there are slight differences to their system. So we will talk about that a little bit too going forward. So Craig, last thoughts and wrap up before we say goodbye to episode five. Um, yeah, I just draft your kicker by his name. Draft It'll your kicker by his name after you draft your defense. And yes, definitely. If you can't get Gronk, don't worry about it. Just get another tight end. So that really, I could have just done this entire podcast in like 30 seconds. That's, you you could have. That's essentially it. That's really, that's really it. That's, that really is it. My but God. Yeah, we'll be going into more detail about DFS. And, um, and because of some other rule changes, we're not going to be doing a complete lineup. Yes. Um, we're just going to give you like a top five at each position. That uh, position. Yes, both sites, with their salary. Both, both family, FanDuel, and DraftKings have rules against what's called purchased lineups, in which people get and mass produce lineups. So if you get subscribed subscribe to a blog and they send you a lineup every week by email, and you plug that lineup into a millionaire maker, they can ban your account. And they are watching identical lineups and watching some of these sites that say, "Give me five dollars a month, I'll send you a lineup every week." So we are not going to be actually publishing lineups in this podcast or on our site. But what we will do is give you some hot picks and talk about some of the people we want to use. But we will not be giving full lineups just because it violates the service terms of most of the uh, sites that we use. So 
With all that, I am Britt. This is Craig. We are the Football Fig Nuts. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week with our DFS introduction and preview. Thanks again for listening and take care. Thank <laughs> you.